Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Great to have you out today. We're in James chapter 2, and as you're turning there, uh, the video does tie into the message. I want to uh, just encourage all of us to pray for the heart of our country and uh, healing for our land. Uh, pray for all the law enforcement officers that we have in here. I don't think I have any monitors at all, Joshua, rushing uh, monitors up in here. Um, uh, all the law enforcement officers that we have uh, that are impacted by all that's going on, Rob Rome, Capitol Police, Joe Yates, Capitol Police, uh, Michelle Scheidt's brother, I think, is, is down there, uh, and Calvin Wilson, who is one of our police officers, going to be uh, down there uh, at the Capitol, and many others. I'm not sure who all is in, who all is not, but... Pray for the safety of like Larry Stutes, Bradley Stutes, uh, Jason Scheidt, uh, Austin Gutridge. We have so many uh, law enforcement in our church. Just be in prayer uh, for those, if you will. And then as David Scott reminded me yesterday, pray for President Trump. Pray for President-elect Joe Biden. Uh, and I don't need to be reminded just by David Scott. I think Paul reminded all of us when he said, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority. Paul said that. Paul said that. Well, surely the president wasn't Trump or Biden back then. Uh, no, it was Caesar Nero who was butchering Christians. Uh, it was C Caesar Nero who was dipping Christians in tar uh, and lighting them on fire. Uh, I think it's always our duty to be in prayer for those that that govern, that, that are uh, presiding over. I, I prayed for uh, our president when his last name was Obama. I prayed for our president when his last name was Bush. I prayed for our president when his last name was Clinton. I prayed for our president when his last name was Reagan. Uh, and just be in prayer for our country uh, during this time. Uh, my thoughts have gone a lot to uh, what would cause differing opinions to turn into vicious attacks. Uh, what would cause uh, uh, peaceful assemblies all too often to be turned into violent demonstrations? Uh, what would cause two people that, that just have differences to be antagonistic uh, enemies? And I, and I do think somewhere along the line we've lost our humanity. I think James in our passage would say somewhere along the line we've lost our Christianity. In fact, look at verse number 1 of James chapter 2 in our text. God's timing uh, for the text is always better than, than our timing. Verse number 1, say it with me. You ready? Two words, my brethren. Say it with me. First two words, ready? My brethren. Now, buckle up because anytime James says my brethren, he's about to throat chop us, okay? Uh, he's setting us up. He's saying, hey, you're a Christian, right? You're a Christian, right? Uh, are you losing your Christianity? You're a Christian, right? Uh, and here he's setting us up for that punch. Uh, and it's about favoritism. It's about uh, bias. It's about uh, not priding ourselves in what we are, what we have, how we think, or prejudging uh, someone else because of who they are, what they have, or uh, how they think. Uh, look at verse 1. Uh, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect with respect of persons. And I understand the Old English makes it uh, hard to get this, but contextually, uh, he's basically saying, don't show favoritism. Don't show favoritism. 
And I do think it goes two ways. I think that uh, it plays out when we pride ourselves in who we are, what we have, what we think, uh, our approach. We pride ourselves. Uh, and then we prejudge. We prejudge uh, someone who doesn't have what we have, doesn't think like we think, doesn't, doesn't. Uh, it, it's someone who thinks they're better than anyone for any reason. Someone who thinks they're better than uh, anyone because of fill in the blank, fill in the blank. And so James is drilling it home. Uh, we're not to look down on anyone. Uh, we're not to look down on, uh, on anyone. In fact, uh, the Bible says we're to look up to everyone. Let each esteem others better. Uh, let each esteem others better than themselves. And I do think that, that a lot of times we lose that key word in Christianity, humility. Uh, Paul the greatest said, I'm the chief of sinners. <laughs> I'm the chief of sinners. I'm less than the least of all saints. And so uh, this thing of favoritism or bias or priding ourselves or prejudging someone else, I've uh, listed four different areas in which we do this. Write it down. It's just the tip of the iceberg. But to get us thinking, number one, uh, some of the areas where we, we pride ourselves or we prejudge someone else, that, that favoritism, number one, uh, we do so with regards to appearance. Appearance. How we look, how they look. Uh, how we dress, how they dress. Uh, you see it in churches all the time. Well, uh, I'm in a suit and tie. Are they in a suit and tie? Uh, I wear uh, this. They don't wear uh, that. Uh, and we pride ourselves in appearance and we prejudge someone else who doesn't have our appearance. How he looks or how he dresses or uh, how a person presents themselves. Uh, if you're born with a pretty face, you got it made in the shade. <laughs> if you're born and you look like me, you're going to have to work a little harder. But anyway, uh, that appearance, uh, you, you see it in church. Uh, you also see it a lot of times in the workplace. Uh, I think gender bias uh, plays into this a lot. That priding, that prejudging, and uh, we end up showing favoritism with regards uh, to this. There's been uh, numerous social experiments, uh, uh, some that have hitchhikers and how they're dressed, how they look, and the way they are packaged, present themselves. Uh, also job interviews, uh, how they look, how they dress, how they present themselves, and uh, uh, numerous social experiments showing that, that we do judge, prejudge by, by appearance. Uh, in John chapter 7, Christ says, judge not according to appearance. Judge not uh, according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And what he's saying is it would do us well rather than prejudging. Well, I look like this, they look like that. I dress like this, they dress like that. Uh, well, they're different than I. Uh, I pride, uh, I prejudge. Uh, it would do us well to wait until we know their heart, who they are, what they believe, how they think, uh, before we ever give an assessment. And so judge not according to appearance. And then he goes on to number two, write it down if you want to, just different areas in which we, we pride ourselves and prejudge someone else's appearance, and then age, age. Uh, well, that person's too young for that promotion, or uh, that person's too old for that job. It does go both ways. Uh, Elihu told Job, he said, great men are not always wise, neither do the aged uh, have understanding. Neither do the aged uh, understand judgment. Hey, just because you're old doesn't make you wise. Would anybody agree with that? 
And just because you're young doesn't make you dumb. Uh, would you agree with that? It does go both ways. And when we're priding ourselves because of appearance or age, and we're prejudging someone else based on appearance or because of age, didn't Paul tell Timothy, let no man despise thy youth? Let no man despise thy youth. And so when we have those assessments, we prejudge, we pride ourselves, we're, we're, we're living in that, that slippery arena of, put down number three quickly. We do so by appearance. We do so by age we do so by affluence affluence and that's what our passage uh, is is pointing out uh, this morning affluence look at it verse number two uh, and it says number one uh, don't show favoritism uh, number two verse two for if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel and there come in also a poor man a poor man in vile raiment he's contrasting the two contrasting the two Two different people from two different uh, stratas of society wearing two different uh, kind of uh, garments. Look at it. Uh, if they're coming to your assembly, a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, they're coming also a poor man, vile raiment, and ye have respect. Ye have respect to him that weareth the, the good clothing, the gay clothing, and say unto him, sit thou here in a good place. Say to the poor, stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Uh, are ye not then partial, biased, showing favoritism in yourselves, and are become judges? Uh, I, I guess the question would be, uh, what's your attitude to those, about those that have less than you? Uh, what's your attitude about those that have more than you? Uh, and we do judge, it seems like prejudging both ways. Someone that has more than we have, well, it was given to them, and born with a silver spoon in their mouth, and uh, they didn't have to work for that. Uh, someone that has less than us, well, they're lazy, they won't work. Uh, and we need to be careful that we're not priding uh, in ourselves and prejudging uh, someone else. It always goes uh, both ways. We show favoritism. We have bias when we... Uh, 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 judge according to appearance, according to age, according to, to affluence, and the big one, uh, ancestry. Write it down, number four, uh, ancestry, or ethnicity, or skin color, or culture. And so that favoritism, that bias, when we prejudge, well, they look like this, or they dress like this, or they're the age of this, or uh, they, they, they have this, we, we prejudge, we're always in harm's way uh, with our spirit, our Christianity, uh, ancestry. We've already seen it in Ephesians where uh, we talk about the church. The church is a place where there are no racial barriers. Uh, the church, uh, a place where there are no racial barriers. But when we pride in who we are from Iowa, uh, and we prejudge other people that aren't from Iowa, uh, and when we have that approach to life, whether it's skin color or ethnicity or ethnic background or uh, origin of birth, listen to me, it is sin. It is sin. Uh, appearance, uh, well, I have better than, they have less than. Or uh, affluence, bigger house, nicer car, bigger bank account, or uh, caste system, that class pride, or, or ancestry. Uh, and again, that pride prejudice, that pride prejudice go hand in hand. Someone should write a book or a movie on, pride and prejudice go hand in hand. We pride ourselves in the same ways that we prejudge someone else. And James says, hey, be careful. God says, hey, be careful. 
And again, I'm only giving you a couple, some things to think about, tip of the iceberg. Uh, People also do it with politics, with religion, with gender, uh, appearance, of course, and affluence, of course, and age and ancestry, of course, but but, uh, whether it's religious or, listen, Tuesday wasn't, was it Wednesday, wasn't the first time there's been political riots, okay? Uh, Acts 21. Remember Acts 21 when it was racial, uh, it was religious. Racial, it was religious. Remember when Paul came out of the temple uh, and they jumped to conclusions, they, they assumed evil intent, they, they had heard misinformation that, that he took a Gentile into the temple. Uh, and in Acts chapter number 21, uh, the, the mob laid hands on him. This man uh, is the man that teaches all men everywhere uh, against the law and uh, against the temple. The city ran together, that, that mob mentality. They came together to kill until the captain of the guard put him in protective custody. And when the captive, uh, uh, captain of the guard uh, put him in protective custody, uh, he gave Paul a chance to speak or to inform or to share his heart. Uh, in Acts 21, he started speaking in the Hebrew tongue. The Hebrew. Knew many languages, but he knew the Hebrew tongue uh, would quiet it down. And then in verse number 1 of uh, Acts chapter number 22, I think we have it on the screens, verse number 1. Men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my offense, which I make now unto you. And when they heard that, he spake in the Hebrew tongue, the Hebrew tongue to them. They kept the more silence. Well, he's like us. He, he knows the language of us. And, uh, and he must not be as bad as we thought he was. Uh, he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them. They kept the more silence. And then he talked about his ministry all the way down until verse number 21. When God said unto me, describing what he's called to do. Uh, when God said unto me, depart for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. A, a different religion, a different uh, uh, a nationality, a different uh, ethnicity, under the Gentiles, uh, and they gave him audience unto this word, and then they lifted up their voices and said, away with such a fellow. Uh, it's not fit that he should live on the earth. Uh, listen, uh, for, for most of us, it's not going to get to that extent, but anytime we're priding or prejudging, uh, anytime we're priding, and prejudging. Uh, anytime that someone's different than, or some, somebody has something other than, or something believes, someone believes something philosophically uh, different than, hey, be careful. The Jews here were trying to kill Paul. They were proud of their race and their religion. They prejudged him, looking down on him. I guess the question would be this uh, What areas make you think you're better than someone else? What area of your life do you feel like you're better than someone else? It may not be a racial thing. It may not be an ethnicity thing. It may be a financial thing. It may be a philosophical thing. It may be a political thing. But, but what areas make you think that you're better than someone else? And I'm basically just trying to so, show you some of the areas, some of the areas where we can pride ourselves and prejudge others, but there aren't any areas where we should pride ourselves and prejudge others. Does anybody believe that? Where there aren't any. There aren't any when we turn up our nose and and look down with our eyes at anyone else because of whatever reason, whatever reason, well, my education, and uh, I'm smarter than, my my intelligence, or uh, my, my, my finances, or my work ethic, or this, or this, or this, or that, or that, or that. 
I'm just trying to show you some of the areas, but there's not any area. Uh, Look at verse number 3 again. And ye have respect to him and reject the other. You respect the one, you reject the other. Verse 4, are ye not then partial in yourselves and become judges? By the way, uh, you've heard of, well, that's one of the reasons why I love Rosedale Baptist Church, over 40 different nationalities in Rosedale Baptist Church. I mean, we're a cross-section of our community. Uh, If you don't like Rosedale Baptist Church, you don't like the community of Baltimore because we basically are represented as we're reaching our community. Uh, Our community comes in here. And thank God for the diversity uh, that we have. An uh, independently wealthy person sitting next to or across from someone who's practically homeless. The diversity uh, is unbelievable. And praise the Lord for that. And so number one, we're looking at areas where uh, that favoritism, that bias, or uh, areas where uh, I pride myself and I prejudge someone else. But now number two, uh, notice the errors of it. The errors of it. Uh, And the first error of ever thinking you're better than or someone is less than. That you're better than and someone else is less than. And it's always striking to me, Paul, the greatest Christian probably that ever lived, said, I'm less than the least of all apostles. Uh, I'm less than the least of all saints. Uh, I'm uh, uh, the chief of sinners. I'm the worst of the worst. And he was probably the best of the best. But we flipped it somehow, thinking because of this, uh, uh, I'm better than. Because of that, you're less than. Because of this, I'm better than. Because of that, uh, you're less than. Put down number uh, one underneath that. Favoritism, it's unbiblical. Uh, It's unbiblical. We see it in verse number 1 when he basically says, don't show favoritism. Uh, And then verse 2 talks about the finances, talks about the clothing, talks about uh, how he presents himself. But uh, it's a command of God not to do that. Not to do that. Okay, look at verse number 9 if you have a question about that. It's unbiblical. But if ye have respect or are partial, uh, if ye have respect to persons, next three words say them with me, ye commit sin. Ready? Say it again. Ye commit sin. And someone will object. Well, that's just the way I was raised. No, it's more than that. It's sin. Well, that's just the way I was brought up. No, it's worse than that. It is sin. Uh, Remember when uh, Peter was charged to reach Gentile Cornelius? Uh, And he was hesitant. He was hesitant. Uh, Nothing unclean have I ever eaten. Nothing. Uh, Then when God was trying to teach him with that object illustration of uh, of that food, the the creeping things, the unclean, the abominable things. And uh, and Peter thought he was better than. Peter thought that that he was uh, apart from that. Uh, And and then finally, God had to show him and show him and show him. Uh, And then when he finally got there, uh, in Acts 10, uh, 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. God is no respecter uh, of persons. Uh, And if there's one place in the world that should never be touched by that, by the church, Uh, favoritism or pride or prejudice or prejudging, boy, we should welcome anyone and everyone with open arms because God welcomed us with open arms. Well, you're accepted, you're valued, you're loved the way you are, where you're at, where you've been, how you think. You're loved and valued and accepted. And to 
Uh, approach people any other way, unbiblical. Put down number two. To approach people any other way is unchristlike. It's unchristlike. Uh, look at verse number five. Hearken, my beloved brethren. There it is again. He's about to punch them. <laughs> and every time in James. Uh, Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world? Hath not God received the poor of this world, rich in faith, heirs to the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised them. But ye have rejected them. I like Romans 15, 7 that says, Receive ye one another, uh, even as uh, God for Christ's sake hath received you. Uh, even as Christ Jesus the Lord hath received you to the glory of God. Uh, why, we're to receive each other. Uh, we're to receive each other, accept each other. Uh, we're to love each other, value each other. Uh, because Romans 2.11, for there is no respect of persons with God. Hey, think with me. Uh, Jesus treated people with love. Remember how he treated that, that Gentile Samaritan, half Jew, half Gentile? Uh, the Samaritan woman at Sychar's well, how he loved her and blessed her. I'm talking about this woman that had been divorced five times. I'm talking about this woman that was living with the dude. Remember that, John chapter 4? Uh, and God, he showed her honor and respect, and Christ, Christ valued her and loved her and shared with her. But I think about Zacchaeus, that that hated IRS employee, that Zacchaeus, that tax collector. But it was Zacchaeus that Christ went to his house and Christ blessed and Christ changed his life. Uh, the demonic, uh, uh, Mary, demon-possessed Mary, hey, she was the one that, that, that was so close to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, anointing and washing and uh, with the tears and the ointment of that, uh, that alabaster pot. Boy, he, he treated those with respect, with dignity, with love. I think about the woman taking an adultery in the very act. Taking an adultery in the very act. Boy, he stood between her and those that were trying to throw stones. Those that were trying to do harm. And for us to do anything less is unchristlike. For us to do anything less is ungodly. For us to do anything less, we're misrepresenting the one who saved us. And so the error of it, uh, priding myself in whatever, uh, anything, and prejudging someone else uh, in anything, uh, it's unbiblical, it's unchristlike. Put down number three. Number three, write it down. Uh, it's also unloving. It's unloving. Uh, we're in our text, James, stay in the text. Look at verse number eight. For if ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, here it is, the royal law, the biggest commandment, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. Uh, remember when the lawyer of the law came to Christ and said, Master, what's the first and great commandment in the law? Uh, remember how Christ said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, the Shema. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength. The second is like unto the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor uh, as thyself. He goes on to say, on these two commandments... Hang all the law and the prophets. Uh, on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. Hey, if you don't have those two down, your Christianity falls apart. Uh, if you don't have those two down, uh, your Christianity comes unraveled at the seams. Galatians chapter 5. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love. 
Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so if I pride myself, or if I prejudge someone else, if I show bias or preferential treatment, or if I show uh, favoritism, it's unbiblical, it's unchristlike, it's, it's unloving. In fact, uh, John would say, how I relate to people that are different than I shows how much I love the Lord. How much I, how I relate, the dignity, the kindness, the, the humanity I show someone else proves how much I love God. 1 John chapter number 4, verse 20. Uh, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, James is going to get into this in chapter 3 when it talks about uh, a man may say, I have faith, but I don't have works. Uh, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. And so we show that we love God by loving other people. If a man say, I love God and hate someone who has a different political leaning. <laughs> if a man say, I love God and hates someone that has a different ethnicity. If a man say, I love God and hates someone that dresses different, looks different, or is different. Boy, he is a liar for he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen. How can he love? How can he love God whom he hath not seen? Or how I relate to people proves how much I love God. How I treat people proves how much I love God. How I behave towards other people, my attitude towards those that are different, uh, proves how much I love God. You ever noticed how small a sin we think this is? Uh, well, I just tell a, a, a racial joke once in a while. At least I'm not an adulterer. You might as well be. God would say it's at the same level of that. Well, I show partiality and I look down at other people. At least I'm not a murderer. You might as well be. God says they're on equal footing. In fact, look at it in verse number 10. Zechariah 8 calls it evil. Christ said, how can a good tree produce evil fruit? Evil, evil fruit. Look at verse 10. For Whosoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point. Don't miss the context. It's this point. Uh, it's that favoritism, that bias. Boy, if you keep the whole law, yet offend in this point, this point, he is guilty of all. For he that said do not commit adultery said also do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor uh, of the law. And James puts discrimination right up there with adultery. Uh, he puts favoritism right up there with murder. Uh, he puts priding ourselves and prejudging someone else uh, right up there with, with fornication. And, and so uh, we looked at the areas in which we do this, and uh, we listed appearance, and we listed affluence, we listed age, we listed uh, ancestry. You can list uh, politics, religion, you can list uh, gender, you can go on and on and on. They're just some of the areas. But any of the areas in which we do this, boy, it's sin. Uh, in fact, the error is it's unbiblical, it's sinful, it's uh, unchristlike, it's carnal, it's, it's unloving, it's hateful. And so uh, with all of that said, can I give you a quick answer, a simple answer, and it's God's answer. Uh, what is God's answer to priding myself or prejudging someone else or showing respect of persons, uh, respecting one, rejecting another, favoritism and 
partiality, put it down. Uh, the answer is love and acceptance. It's very simple. The answer is love and acceptance. Uh, what's the answer to discrimination? Love and acceptance. Uh, what's the answer to favoritism? Love and acceptance. Uh, what's the answer to prejudice? Love and acceptance. Love and acceptance. Love and acceptance. Uh, and one of the reasons I have problems with this is because I think acceptance means condoning uh, the sin that they have. Condoning. Uh, now understand, Jesus, when he was at that well, uh, he didn't condone uh, divorce five times, you're living with the dude. Didn't condone it. Uh, condone it. Uh, but he also didn't condemn her. Didn't condemn her. Okay, uh, you've heard the phrase, um, love the Hate the sin, love the sinner. Say it with me. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Uh, there's a difference between uh, condoning something and, and accepting someone. Someone. Uh, can I change that phrase? Uh, rather than hate the sin and love the sinner, how about hate your sin? Hate my sin and love the sinner. Uh, we get this idea that our sin is so much smaller. Uh, and when we have that discrimination, that favoritism, that priding myself and prejudging someone else, uh, we think it's so small, but we need to get to the point where we, I hate my sin and I love that other person. Uh, well, if they fix this or if they change this, then I'll love and accept them. Aren't you glad God didn't do that with us? Aren't you glad? Boy, he loved us. He loved us. Uh, right where we're at. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loves you. Listen, he loves you. Now listen, believe it. He loves you. Not a future version of you, he loves you. Uh, not an improved version of you, he loves you. Uh, not a cleaned up, better version of you, he loves you you and that's what transforms our life by that love and acceptance of our kids that love and acceptance of a brother or sister in christ that that love and acceptance of someone who's staggering in and struggling uh, with life that love and acceptance there was a soldier that just got back from the vietnam conflict and he called his parents from san francisco and he I said, Mom, Dad, I'm coming home, but I, I have a favor to ask before I do, and I have a friend I'd love to bring home with me. Sure, they replied, and we'd love to meet him. And he, he said, there's something you should know. He uh, actually has been hurt pretty badly in the fighting. He stepped on a landmine and lost a leg. He lost an arm. He has nowhere to go. The disability is literally crippling his ability uh, to make an income. And his mom and dad said, well, I'm sorry to hear that, son. Maybe we can help him find a place to live, or maybe we can help steer him in the right direction. Uh, no, mom. No, mom. Uh, dad, no. I, I want him to live at our house. I want him to be a part of our family. And, and the dad said, now, now, son, you're asking a lot. Someone with that kind of disability uh, uh, is going to be uh, hard to care for. It's going to be a burden on our family. We have our own lives. We can't let something like this interfere with, with who we are and what we do. Uh, and, and, and we can try to help him. We can try to, but son, you just come home yourself and, and we'll try to even financially give him something to, to get onto this life. And the son hung up the phone. The parents heard nothing for days. The next time they heard about from was the San Francisco police that uh, said that their son had died of a self-inflicted gun wound. Uh, they went up to San Francisco to identify the body. The grief-stricken parents flew in, were taken to the morgue to identify their son, 
And they recognized him immediately. They recognized him immediately, but horror struck their heart when they realized the friend that their son was talking about that lost his leg, that lost his arm, wasn't a friend at all. He was describing himself, who had stepped on a landmine, who had lost a leg, who had lost an arm. And as they rejected that fictitious friend, they also at the same time were rejecting their very own son. I think about Romans 14 that says, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him that eateth not judge him uh, that eateth, for God hath received him. Or that contrast in verse number 6 of our passage, but ye have despised the poor. Ye have despised the poor. God received him, but ye have despised him. And again, Romans 15, 7, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. I think about that Sunday school teacher who had a small second grade, third grade class right around there, and she would always have activities. She'd teach a lesson. They'd sing songs and uh, they'd always close with, you ever done that thing where here's the church? Uh, okay, do it with me if you've done it before. Are you ready? Here's the church. Here's the steeple. I have uh, a short, pudgy steeple. But uh, here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door and see all, you've done that before? Have you done that before? And uh, she always closed her class with that. She was halfway through the class one Sunday morning, and, uh, and there was a knock. The door opened and slipping in to the side. Uh, was a visiting family, and it was a little girl that, that either at birth or some kind of an accident had a deformity, a disability. She uh, had lost her left hand. And, and, and trying not to, to, to point it out, trying not to, 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 to make sure that she was treated like everyone else as she came in. Uh, she went on with the lesson, and she uh, interacted with the kids, and she loved on all of them. And, uh, and she's going, I'm almost through this. And then she automatically went right into, here's the church, and here's this people, when she realized that little girl that came in who doesn't have a left hand isn't able to say, here's the church, here's the steeple open the door and see all the people. And she thought she had just blown it worse as a Sunday school teacher than she had ever blown it. She looked up and she saw another little girl who had scooted right next to her, putting her arm around her. That class member used her left hand as that new attender used her right hand. And they together said, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door and see all the people. I've often wondered how much it hurts the heart of God when we treat other people unlike how God treats us. It must hurt the heart of God. It must grieve the Holy Spirit of God. When we don't treat people kindly, we don't treat people with respect and gently, it doesn't matter what area it is. I listed four, but there's so many other areas. Oh, for God's people especially God's people, to represent their, their loving Heavenly Father the right way. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. 
That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.